Welcome to Craft Conversations, where we craft a conversation and we talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales, and on this episode, we talk to Joshua Jarman. He's a local musician, a singer-songwriter, lives in a van, an 82 Dodge van. He calls it the Blue Devil. We uh, talked a little bit about his uh, stint on uh, Fox News a little bit about his new EP that's coming out. We talked about uh, a little bit about conspiracy theories and I don't know, whatever else we talked about. It's been, it's, it's a lot of stuff. And I hope you enjoy this episode. We are in a van. In a van. Doing a podcast in a van. That's right. So uh, we're recording. We're, uh, we're quasi live. Quasi-live. <laughs> We're live for right now. Right. Right. So this is amazing. This is pretty cool. Um, we're in a van. We just mentioned that. Thanks for coming all the way out here to the van, man. I'm doing this on the uh, on location sort of thing. Yeah. Trying to do some new stuff. Trying to, to get out and about and bring the podcast to the people. Instead of sitting in my damn house and being all dreary all the time, man. It's getting old. Well, you got this cool video that'll show up in a... A new setting, of course. We don't know how that's going to come out with the lighting. It is a van, of course. Right. But uh, I think it's going to be good. Instagram-esque. It's going to be be what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. We were going to do it in the kitchen, but we figured the living room would be the better spot here in the van. Right. So uh, give us a little rundown on the van. Let's just start there. Let's just jump right into the van since that's uh, where we're at. Well, it's a... It's pretty cool. It's something I built from scratch. It's a 1984 Dodge V250 van, and uh, I picked it up from a local junkyard uh, for 300 bucks. Man, it was really cool. Something that I I just scored uh, before the end of its life, I guess. And I decided I was going to build a mini tour bus. So that that brings me sort of like this is the manifestation of that dream, I guess. Right. Within my means, you know. But it's not a touring bus at the moment. It sure is. It sure <laughs> is not that. It is everything but that. But it sure has uh, uh, built it up from scratch, man. This was a raw metal shell when I brought it home, and it was bright red. Um, maybe we'll post some pictures of the outside, but it's blue now. And I uh, did all of this with mostly materials from junkyards or Lowe's. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, and if we can get some video, that'd be awesome. I'll put that up in the uh, in the post or whatever, so people sure. can see where we are. Yeah, the inside and out. It's pretty cool. The only downfall to this is that I can't stand up. I mean, I've got just about everything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could always ex- expand the roof, right? I mean, people do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I may enjoy it and take it out some places and uh, then clean it up real good and give it to someone else to do the same with and pick up maybe a sprinter van or something more more practical. Right. Um, they got some pretty mean uh, utility vans available nowadays. Were there seats at back here? Yeah, when I got this, it was, like I said, completely empty. There were no seats. There were just these big metal, um, like, where the seats would have mounted. Right. You know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I got it. Everything has one spot here, and the floor actually has a lift. And that's because I couldn't remove the... It was, like, an integral part of the van just for a table that initially came in the van. Hmm. Um, but I guess this would have been set up for, like, big pillow seats. You would have been able to sit, like, eight people, you know? Um and I made it now. This behind us is a fold-down twin XL bed. The whole thing comes down. It's tall enough for me. I'm six foot six, so I want to say it's just shy of that. And I made these like you hear that nice, satisfying thud there. But yeah, these are uh, guitar necks that I made into bed legs Shit, to hold yeah. the weight. Man, it actually is pretty cool. These are 
um, old seat belts from a GM van I picked up. So I guess in, in Dodge World, it's a little blasphemy, but right. Um, but what, what do those serve a purpose? Yeah, they're holding up the. Oh, the that's what's holding right it up. Oh, yeah. nice. So that's super cool. Like I said, the mattress. I, I took the mattress out for now, just so we had some some extra space. This sort of sits at a at an angle. Yeah, it's I remember. There, but remember you showed me a picture of that um, kind of forty five or not forty five, but like a yeah. twenty degree. Angle Without the mattress, I'd say it's about perfect. It comes up to this line, but uh, I use like a six inch foam mattress. So. That's, I've got uh, these studio speakers built into the wall here. I could go on about this thing in detail, man. It's like a Swiss Army van. Well, I mean, that's why I came out here to the van. I yeah. want to know all about it. It's uh, I've got these M Audio speakers so that I can practice my my songwriting here in the van. Plug right up to an XLR port I installed on the gr- or like on the uh, accessory panel there. Right. Um, and that's not operable yet, or. Uh, yeah, I mean the speakers and everything works, but instead of using the uh, XLR input right now, I've just got cables that come out because I haven't cut and spliced them for the, the port. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean running water, fully insulated. Right. Toilet. You said a shower off the back. Yep, a little shower out the back. Uh, it's all low pressure water stuff, but I've got a 10 gallon container here. Um, but you wouldn't even need that, right? You, you could do like a gravity fed, uh, um, have those camping gravity fed showers that you can buy oh yeah yeah like black bag showers pretty much uh it heats up because of the bag being black that's a pretty cool idea um and i i should have one of those on deck i don't right now but uh, that would be a smart way of saving my i've even seen people paint like take big long pvc pipes with caps on the ends of them paint them black fill those with water and leave them on their roof uh and that would be your heated water with a valve at the end yeah and that's a smart idea but it's a lot of weight on one side of the roof of your van true it only works if you're somewhere where it's hot, I guess. Right, or you just have, hopefully, warm enough water yeah. <laughs> in this thing, yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you're living in the van, I think uh, hot water is probably the least of your worries, I guess. But I guess. Well, I mean, it, some people, you know, this lifestyle to some degree is choice, choice-filled in that it is a good way of learning how to moderate what things you need and what things you don't need. Um, I've learned a whole lot just trying to given you start with nothing you add things as you need like i've got a little wristwatch here that i use as a wall clock because it's not even at the right time right now just to say but um yeah i just did this to train my mind to live humbly that way when i have my you know perhaps a mansion or something in the future i'll be like nice spacious areas with just the things that i need and i think that is a beautiful thing and what are you running everything off of uh, right now, I've got it to a shore power, they call it, which is a hard line to something installed uh, outside. But I do have two deep cell batteries on deck that'll give me about 40 hours running my lights, speakers, charging my phone, laptop. Um, and I've got some cool accessories like a wireless amplifier for the guitar so I can keep all that separate. And that runs like 15 hours. But 40 hours is fair. When I crank it up, it recharges the batteries again. Right. Um, and the plan is at some point to get 100 or 200 watts of solar just to that was my next keep question, it real. Yeah. Um, a good solar panel, I guess, isn't as expensive as it used to be, but they're still not, you know, nickels and dimes. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I got a television here that was pretty cool. I got it, I guess, unplugged at this time, but um, I can hook up my Netflix or do my work and things from the bed. Um, it's pretty cool, man. And I know it's kind of inoperable at the moment, like stationary, but you've taken it somewhere, right? Didn't you go somewhere in it? 
Uh, when you first got it? Well, I, like I said, I built it from junkyard stuff. So I, I drove it around Somerville for a little bit and encountered some pretty dumb issues with the exhaust. I was sort of asphyxiating in the van. and. Uh, oh, that's not good. No, it was not good. And that's one of the reasons I just kind of <laughs> taken my time with it. I want to make sure that things are um, are good and safe and things like that for me to, you know, it's easy enough when it's stationary to live in it and be healthy enough, but to be moving. And um, I don't know, you don't want to sleep in a cabin filled with... <laughs> You know, nauseous gases, nauseous yeah. gases. Um, well, speaking of gas, do you do anything with propane too, or is it just all battery? No, powered? it's all electric because of well, I carpeted everything, so I figured that maybe a uh, you know, it would definitely burn, baby burn, real quick. But well, um, yeah, I was just talking carrying around one and in, in a <clears throat> cooker or something where you could take it outside the van and you know cook food or whatever on my list is there's there's a door back here i'm going to build like a fold-up table so that when the doors open yeah i could have uh like a gas a little propane or alcohol um grill or something like that but right um, maybe just the tiny the tiny propane the reason i have electric for the most part now being in the small space is that it doesn't emit as many gases when i'm cooking something just electric than uh propane i'm sure it wouldn't be that bad i've got vents and things but yeah uh, just not something i've done yet it works out pretty well though to cook in here basic things i don't have a, an oven or whatever but i have a little uh like bunsen burner kind of yeah. single griddle thing yeah very cool pretty neat it's uh been about a year in progress it's more of a piece of art at this time than you know right a functional transportation well, piece you don't have to keep pointing out that it isn't functional that's terrible no i'm no I'm, I, I said functional transportation <laughs> it's true i mean i ended up building a, a living space before i focused on you know the functionality of the thing but once i get that it'll be it's, it's really cool man I, I study a lot of these vans online and uh, i think i built a cool one you absolutely did yeah. I mean, I want one. I've, look, I've wanted one since I was like 15 years old. But. It'll look better on like a hillside or something, though, than right here, you know? Yeah. But it's not that Which this not, is... I grew up with these, you know, uh, year vans. You know, I grew up in the 80s and stuff, so I saw these conversion vans all over the place, and I was always like, man, I would love to live in a conversion van. They're so cool. Yeah. You know, the idea eventually is that, uh, you know, I, I don't want to spend $1,000 a month helping someone else pay for their, their space, and that was something I'm really adamant about. Maybe it's pride, but... Uh, so I just thought that if I had this, it would be something I own. It would motivate me to go and travel. The nature of my business being a musician is, is some of that would be travel in the future. Uh, and uh, I could just get some land somewhere that's to call my own and park there until I build a home. You know, dig a well and do those things in a sort of uh, order of operations. And, uh, and I think you told me that at one point, right, that your plan was to travel like cross country all the way out to California and stop in little towns and maybe do some band sessions or something, pull local yeah. musicians in and do some stuff with local guys? I think I'll do uh, an East Coast thing first and meet some people up that way and through the mountains. And then if this vehicle does well, then, you know, I'll push it the other direction towards the West. But if, you know, you never know what to expect out of an 84 van until you know what you've put into it. But Right. Yeah, I got an 83 uh, car that uh, is very unreliable at the yeah, moment as well. Just, you're like, I know this isn't going to go back because I fixed it or this, but I have no idea what the, yeah, the, what, know, what's the, the next thing. Um, but, yeah, I want to do that and make some friends that way and uh, buy some land here nearby the low country just so that I can have a place to be close to, you know, supporters that help me be inspired to go travel and build a freaking van. Otherwise, I'd probably still be turning wrenches in a mechanic shop and yeah. uh which is ironic right because the non-functional van right now, but, <laughs> yeah so i uh, would have probably been doing that still if i wouldn't have had people 
motivating me to play music and be creative and help others who are trying to do the same. Very cool. Yeah, man. What do I have in my hand? Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. We're going to open a beer. This is a, a loosely a craft beer show still. Um, we open a beer every episode and talk about it. So we're drinking a uh, Guayabera, I guess that's how you say it, right. from uh, Cigar, Cigar City Brewing Company. It's a pale ale. It's 5.5% uh, ABV. It's got 50 IBUs. And let's see what the description is here. Traditional throughout Latin America, the Guayabera shirt combines style, functionality, form, and tradition in its four-pocketed design. We, are cigar, we at Cigar City feel the same reverence and appreciation for the Guayabera that we do for the citra hop varietal, an ingredient that imparts notes of tangerine, lime, and berries to this traditional American pale ale. The exclusive use of citra hops in this beer creates a flavor that's at once unique and recognizable while its dry, crisp character and moderate alcohol make it as refreshing and functional as a crisp linen guayabera. Hmm. And there are actually like beautiful images of t-shirt sort of things going on. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I had no idea it was actually <laughs> named after a t-shirt. but So yeah, you said you wanted something kind of refreshing and crisp and a pale ale, so. Let's do it, man. We found. So we'll open good. that up. Excellent. I didn't uh, travel with any glassware, so. Cheers. Cheers to the van. I tell you, van life uh, isn't quite what Instagram says it is either. <laughs> what does Instagram say it is? Oh, you haven't seen all those images of like these beautiful vans from these wonderful angles, make it look like you have so much room, everybody's stuff so tidy. Right. Uh, yeah, it didn't necessarily work out that way, at least not for me. Yeah. Yeah, this is refreshing. It's, it's very fun. good. I've had it once before, or a couple times before, but it's been a long time since I've had this guy, so I saw it, and it was on sale. I said, that's the beer, man, right that's there. That's the type, right? That's on the sale. One. And it is very yeah. good. Yeah, dig it. Thanks. No problem. We'll tag those guys, try and give them some love down there in Florida. That's where they're from. I believe it's Tampa. Let's take a look real quick here. <clears throat> yeah, Tampa, Florida. That's where Cigar City Brewing is, so. That's what it's about, man. I'll get down there one day and check those guys out, personally, but. You gotta tag your features. That's right. So, <clears throat> let's just jump right into it, man. Speaking of uh, music, you just did something recently, right, with the news? What was that, Live 5 or what? No, so uh, Fox 24, actually, Fox. locally, it was uh, WTAT Charleston. We got to, uh, by we, I mean me, in some sort of strange, distant way. Uh, I went in and talked a little bit about a new release of an EP called Wait that I did. I released that on October 25th, 2018, and... Uh, I played one of the singles from that song called Middle, or from that album called Middle, and it was a cool opportunity. Uh, you know, Charleston has lots of different outlets like that that are reaching out to people like me to showcase. It's just a matter of, you know, messaging those people and uh, inquiring. So I hit a friend up at, at Fox 24 and, and let them know I had this release coming out and went up there and plugged it a little bit. Uh, got to put a nice little banner, tell people to subscribe, download the thing. It's on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, all of those sorts of things, uh, even Napster, MySpace. Napster? MySpace? MySpace. What is this? What <laughs> year is it now, huh? So, re repeat that again. Spotify? It's, it's Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Um, it'll be on Bandcamp. I say it'll be. I've got to convert a file before I put it on there. But, um, yeah, it's everywhere, man. You can download it. You can stream it. Uh, and that album is called Wait. That's my third public release, so that's cool. 
Very cool. And what was that? Was October twenty fifth. You said. Yeah. So it's pretty fresh. Yeah. Very yeah. I've fresh. been listening to it on uh, on Spotify, as a matter of fact, and uh, I love it. Excellent. It's very man. cool. It's a it's a little different sound than what I'm used to hearing you play live, because you've incorporated some other uh, elements into it, right? Did you have somebody play with you? Or? Yeah, well, well, what's cool about, in my opinion, recording an album is, like, I am known for being a solo artist and doing the acoustic thing locally where, you know, you are limited to uh, the sounds of an acoustic guitar and what the human vocal can do, and I'm not going to say I'm some adventurous vocalist, but uh, usually when I play live, I, I maybe have the tapping of my guitar to help accompany it, but uh, I reached to a friend of mine, John Baldwin, here in Ridgeville. He has a studio in the middle of uh, just this wooded area actually where this van's parked now and uh, we did all of those sounds by organic instruments things he had built things he had around things I had around uh, so within that album I want to say there were probably over 15 instruments and uh, he and I each played uh, all of them so did I hear a kazoo on one of them uh, a kazoo was on kazoo, mud the uh, kazoo. kazoo was on the first time <laughs> we actually didn't have that on the second one but uh, we had like a glockenspiel there's of course bass and drums and uh, there's a bass kalimba that John Baldwin made I did some slide guitar work um, it was really fun man and I think it shows that uh, it kind of has this organic vibe to it it's very <clears> honest <throat> and it's uh, we live in a world where music is very perfect or at least it tries to tries to be perfect and um, that album was just another attempt at, at uh, bringing songs forth in an organic way, and I like doing it that way because uh, John sort of put forth his interpretation and in what he heard, and uh, like you said, it comes across in all sorts of different sounds, you know. Uh, it was one, and I guess it does shuffle because I don't have a Spotify account, so when I when I shuffle play that album, it, it plays all your other albums too. So that's, yeah, I got that's you. So I guess that that one song was different, but. Um, yeah, there's one that sounded like it had rain in the background or something. How'd you get that sound? Yeah, I, uh, man, there were so many days that, that uh, I would go over there. He has this marvelous rain stick. It's pretty much just a cactus with a, the needles inverted, and it's got uh, uh, some beans or some sort of corn or something in it. But uh, it makes a really good rain sound. We add a little it bit was. of uh, chorus and reverb, and to make thunder, we actually took some, some sheet metal, like tin metal, and uh, cut a piece when it's out, and we're just shaking it, uh, you know, emotionally or whatever to make it sound decent. Yeah. Uh, I made some rooster <clears throat> sounds. So you did all these pieces separately, and you and you spliced them all together well, for the most part. The the unique thing I think about weight, which was uh, something that was important for me to do, was I recorded it just like I would at a show. So what you're hearing is just me sitting down with the guitar in front of a microphone, exactly like it would at a show. Right. Um, and then. Over top of that file, we added things like the drums or the rooster or whatever the sounds may have been, so in layers over top of that. But that allowed me to release an acoustic version of the very same album, uh, which is exactly what you hear in, in weight without all the extra weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just being, uh, again, bare bones uh, vocal and guitar. So it, it allowed me to do both releases, one much more affordably than the other, of course. So Okay. And this guy, is this a studio other people can go to and do recording, or is it just a friend of yours that has a house studio? I mean, can well, I mean, he, other artists f seek this guy out? Yeah, he's an aspiring engineer. Uh, that is, he's got a lot of other things going on in life, but he is an aspiring engineer. He's very good, and he's naturally talented at this, in my opinion. But uh, you can reach out to him at John Baldwin Sounds online. I'm sure we can put a, a link in the description, but uh, he's very talented, man. And, and he plays more instruments than I think he's shown me yet. Um, yeah, I think he does work with uh, with musicians of all sorts, and he, he works out of his little home studio. Um, 
with the, the items that he's got and collected over the years, you know. In fact, he's on a bicycle trip, a three-month bicycle trip right now up the East Coast. Nice. That he just left the day he gave me the master of this album. He was like, all right, sir, farewell. And he jumps on this bicycle with, like, two PVC pipes and a bunch of, like, bi uh, backpacks. And he's just, like, off in the sunset, this guy, you know. That's, that doesn't sound like a bad deal either. No, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm adventurous. I'd love to do something like that. <clears throat> or take, the, you know, the whole Appalachian Trail on a bike or something that... I want to run the Appalachian Trail, actually, all the way up to Maine, but... I guess you got, you've got lots of life, man. That seems like a long trip, a three-month trip on a bicycle, but ultimately, what's three months, I guess, if, yeah. I, if you have the will to do it. Right. I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for that, to be no. honest. No, I might sit my ass in this van. Yeah. Yeah, especially not right now, right? I mean, the no. weather's, oh, the way man. the weather's changing, but... He's it, there now. I have feel for him, man. He's yeah. like, he brought himself, like, these thermal aluminum coats or whatever they are to, to keep cool, and, or yeah. to keep warm, rather, <clears> and, so yeah. he's just camping. He's not stopping out of hotels or any of that stuff. Now I have no doubt that he has some sort of an emergency. Like if it gets bad, he can sure. make it happen. But yeah, he's he's roughing it, dude. He didn't bring much to cook with. He's eating raw foods, and yeah, he's been training his mind for this for a little while. So sounds very cool. Yeah, cheers to that. Well, let's go back to um, we kind of got off the track, I think, on the Fox News thing. So yeah. Uh, Fox News had me up and, and just talked very briefly about this album, which. Uh, again, it's called Wait. It's on Spotify and iTunes, and you can stream that or download it. And I'll have CDs available soon. Uh, Did you get any traction off of that? Off of that uh, showing on Fox? Sure, a little bit. Uh, it, it's I uploaded it to YouTube. Uh, I have a channel there, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it before I came over. But yeah, there's probably uh, a few extra subscribers or so. I worked that out. That's really one of my main focuses now is trying to achieve subscribers on YouTube. So while you're checking out Craft Conversations, definitely. Uh, jump over to my page and subscribe there as well and that's and, uh, josh joshua jarman music is that the page still yeah you should just be able to type in joshua jarman and find it that way but the word music always boosts the <clears throat> ability to jump right to it for yeah. sure yeah uh, there was a movie in australia called josh jarman in 2007 or something so i'm really trying to beat that out on this google yeah. uh, i think i did see something like that when i typed it in yeah because I, I definitely went on youtube and checked out a few things but um, I didn't subscribe though. I gotta hit this. I gotta hit yeah, the subscribe I mean, button. The subscribe thing is cool because uh, you know I hate to say that it's almost like collecting names, but the more subscribers you have and the more activity you have on your page, the more relevant it becomes and pops up on sure. on oh, the yeah. thing. So um, I have another friend of mine who is a gamer on. Uh, I don't even know too much about it to tell you, but <clears throat> he makes somewhat of a career of playing games professionally. Wow, what's going on? Hold on, I've ruined everything with the loud ringtone. No, it's fine. It happens, man. So anyway, he plays professional video games, and uh, he's been running some of my music on the background while he's doing his thing, and he's got, like, you know, it's just screen caps of him playing and people talking to him and him chatting with people. So uh, stuff like that really helps piggybacking off one another and fitting in where you get in, you know? Yeah. You <clears throat> said you knew somebody at Fox, so that's always a good thing to have friends and... It's true, you know. Low places and high places, I guess. Yeah, business acquaintances are always nice, for sure. Yeah. I know um, my roommate, Tom, you know him, plays with Blue Spear and Scotty Oliver Band. They just had a, a write-up in the journal scene, so that was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to get into some of those things, too, man. I, I don't know how, I don't know who i got to talk to. But. Well, man, I think it's just a, a matter of reaching out. I just had a small feature in the Charleston City paper, online, not in the actual paper, but uh, right. just by sending a, an inquiry saying, this is what I'm doing. These are the checks I'm trying to, the check marks I'm trying to hit. Uh, if there's any way that we can collaborate, it'd be great to, you know, 
drop your name as you drop mine, more or less. Right. And, uh, sometimes they'll bite. They'll check out where you're at and see what's worthwhile for them, I guess, in the same way that you would. And uh, you'd really be surprised when you hear when you hear back from them. Sometimes I did the same thing with endorsements. I reached out to some different products uh, pertaining to music and just tried to see if not to score free gear, but just to post their logo next to mine so that it looks more like a NASCAR race. You get all the sponsors and they're like, wow, that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, sponsorship doesn't quite work like in NASCAR. I'm sure there are a lot more, <laughs> a lot more money going on there than, than with me. But you know, I picked up a capo company endorsement with shove capos and a string endorsement, and that hooks me up with some some mild to pretty major discounts, which is good. Yeah, um, yeah, you just got to reach out, man. There are lots of opportunities to be had, especially in the Low Country, in Charleston. I think that uh, there are people all the time reaching out more to offer whatever it is they do to you know upcoming people, like small business owners and musicians, entertainers. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's your What's your day job right now? Uh, right now, I've been compiling a whole lot of stuff online because I don't have a... Uh, I'm not working anywhere now. I'm just compiling things for my own business. I own a small business called Wingsback Entertainment. It's a limited liability company. And uh, what I'd like to do with that is help out local musicians pretty much by meeting uh, the people who will get them to the next point in their, their career. Somewhat like a middleman, if I could. You know... If I could introduce so-and-so who I meet at an open mic to <clears throat> a videographer, a photographer, or someone like you who does a podcast, I can help them get boosts on their social media and uh, get wherever it is they're going in their career. But that's sort of what I've been focusing on now, and right now it isn't a huge monetary yield, but I think that I'm setting up some pretty cool dominoes for that. Uh, I'm starting a blog spot now called Wings Weekly, and Wings Weekly is going to be a, week, a weekly effort to showcase a, an independent songwriter or musician and give them seven questions of a questionnaire to try to uh, get to know them a little better, see what they're about. Um, just hoping that can help bring the community together, and of course, starting in Somerville and Charleston. Yeah. Right. It is all about connections, I mean, really. <clears throat> and all these different social media platforms is the bread and butter these days. I mean, if you can't get out there and properly advertise and promote yourself on social media you just don't reach anybody well there's there's so much connection you kind of get lost in the connection it's almost that's true too yeah you're almost unseen again because there's so many people out there trying to be seen yeah um so it really is cool for me like as a songwriter of course i know those difficulties and what it's like to um you know be overwhelmed with playing the gigs and trying to book the shows and trying to shake the hands and you know smile when you just got done playing a blues song or whatever the case may be uh, it's a whole lot to do as one person. So while I can't be full-time helping everybody, I like to try to help whatever musicians I can along the way. And um, as a publishing company, I hope to pick up some musicians to work a little closely, a little more closely with in time, you know? Sure. Um, but there, there's lots of people who just want to, you know, a producer needs a musician <clears throat> in order to have a job. So they just need to know who the good ones are and maybe it takes someone to, to vouch. And if I can help someone get, quote, their wings back then I will oh very yeah. nice <clears throat> I like that yeah man I like that you're you're trying to get back to, to the other guys and not just make it all about yourself which you know it is kind of about you but well you know it, it I understand that it has to be to some degree in order for the Joshua Jarman brand to make it out there as a musician you know um, but ultimately I really don't care much for the idea of my name being there it's just a likeness I'm trying to you know uh 
I hate to say market buy, but that's exactly what I mean. Uh, so this company is an effort of me just showing where my heart truly is. While I have to use my name, some people misconceive that as being uh, really a conceited sort of thing where it's just what I have to offer as a, as a name for my business, which is an art you can't see. You know, I don't have, that's my product is some sort of um, formless thing. You know what I mean? I have to call it something. I could, I guess I could call it some sort of like iron butterfly, but I bet that's been taken. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's been taken. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's it's a happy balance there, but this gives, uh, is a good way for me to keep not only my, my mind clean, but just uh, help other musicians, help them attach a name. It looks really good if a publishing company is vouching for you and giving you an interview. So <clears throat> I might be a small publishing company, but you know, it took small companies helping me get to the larger companies that I've obtained at least by now. So why not be one of those? Yeah. You know? Maybe it'll go somewhere. Maybe one of these artists will blow me out of the water <clears throat> and be like, you know, a really desirable artist. I can help them get to wherever it is they got to go. That's a, right. that, that means so much more, I think, to me than just watching the name Joshua Jarman get all tainted and weird. And sure, and it all comes back to you <clears throat> in the universe, right? I mean... I think ultimately, yeah, and, and it's funny, man, the more that I do this and the more I really do my best to keep, you know, keep my motivation and, and devotion in the right spot, uh, strange things happen to a man's name, especially when he uses it as a product, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to describe, but um, I got some people now who misunderstood or confused me for another fellow and are just bashing my name, block me on social media, won't hear, won't hear any rebuttal to it. Wow. <clears throat> it's, it's quite interesting for sure. Yep, the thrills of being a musician. Yeah. Um, now you're doing all this stuff with other artists and stuff, and I know every <clears> time I've seen you, you've just been solo. Do you collaborate with anybody? I mean, I know you did with this for this album, but I mean, as a yeah I normal mean, rule of thumb, do you go out and play with other people? I'm definitely open to it. You know, I'm self-taught, so I have to admit, while I know my songs very well, and I know, you know, you know, if you know what I mean, but. Uh, it's difficult for me to jump in with a musician and then be like, we're paying in this time signature, this key, because unfortunately I just, I'm not that learned all the time. So um, sometimes it works out really well. I know that you had Paul Stone on here, and, and uh, he and I had the opportunity to jam after a gig at uh, Homegrown recently, and it was just a lot of fun, man. It's so cool to, to see what other people bring out of you. Um, and, you know, it was important for me to learn to do the solo thing, because I played with the band for several years and once that fell away it was kind of like a shock you stand in front of people by yourself and then every time you make a mistake there's this emptiness and everybody's i don't know drinking more or drinking less whichever one's worse yeah. <laughs> i don't know but um yeah i mean I, I play well with others uh collaborations are a really cool thing and i'd love to do a whole lot more about uh with those i know that there are some musicians around town i've met that i just think we would create a really cool sound together um, and that has n nothing to do really with with my career or their career. It's just a matter of like what music would come about if we jammed together. Um, so if there are any artists out there listening, definitely hit me up. We'll do some collaborations, or I can offer some cool guitar samples for you, or whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. yeah I was. A, yeah. That night at Homegrown was very cool. I mean, there was nobody in there, so there was nothing else to do but just kind of jam with whoever was there. Yeah, I think. But well, why not? Those are like the the <clears throat> gems. You know, if there were two people there, that's like a treat. To, to, yeah. You never know what oh, happens. It was a, it was a treat for me for sure. I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. <clears throat> we got sure. some uh, got some cool video out of it as well. But. Uh, I got some pretty cool shows coming up the the next couple months here. We sit what it's October. <clears throat> yeah, November second. This will come out. So I was going to ask you that eventually. Yeah. Uh, what you had coming up after well, this thing? Uh, 
this thing uh, releases on November 2nd, this Friday, so. Uh, after November 2nd, I've got, the first thing that jumps into my mind is December 29th, I want to say. Let me, let me check my robot here and yeah. make sure, but. And while you're doing that, you're still doing the open mic at Coastal every other week, correct? Yep, every other week I do an open mic segment at Coastal Coffee Roasters from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And Chris Rinkin hosts on the alternative weeks, so uh, there's definitely more than enough opportunity to, well, hear your sound as mixed by two different sound engineers, which is kind of cool. Um, that particular show I was referring to... The big one is going to be on December 29th at the American Legion in Goose Creek. We're hosting a show called Home for the Holidays, like D-A-Z-E. Uh, Home for the Holidays is an effort. It's a charitable effort, and uh, we've got several several different bands on the roster. I think Salty Ray is headlining. If you haven't heard of Salty Ray, man, they're this really cool, uh, girl-fronted rock group. They're just very, very good, very talented. Hmm. Um, Salty Ray, they're called. And uh, we got Ben somewhere. I'll be performing a set there. I think we have Dirt Pot that'll be there playing some some rock metal music. Oh yeah, I and, love uh, those guys. It, they're fun, man. Just lots of energy. Yeah, and uh, very Black Sabbath esque. I think it's exactly what <laughs> that, that yeah. sounds like. But uh, December 29th, home for the holidays at the American Legion in Goose Creek. Uh, definitely come out there. I think it's like six hours of music. It might even be like five hours of music. Uh, so mark that on your calendars. Aside from that. I personally am playing a uh, Shucking on the Cooper December 8th from 5.30 to 8. And uh, that's a, another cool uh, low country event. You can go out there and get some oysters and hear some music by me. I'm actually going to have some Christmas tunes prepared to play there, which is uh, not my forte, but I'm really delighted to play these. I've been practicing, and I hope that comes out good. I do remember seeing something about that, yeah. Yeah, man. Or you had asked a question of what were some good tunes to play or something like that, I yeah, think. Yeah, right? I mean, the only Christmas or holiday <clears throat> tunes I know are the like extreme traditional ones, you know, that uh, that everybody knows. Like, I'm going to do some some uh, little drummer boy and try to feature some of my percussive playing and just, just meld some new things together. But um, holiday music was never something I listened to often. But of course, you know the songs. Like the melodies are just so good, they're burned into our minds. I think. Right. You know. And a lot of people, I know people have asked you this question all the time. As a matter of fact, Paul asked you this question when, when we were at Homegrown that night. But um, when you're out playing solo, it's all just you, right? I mean, it's you and a guitar. You don't have any kind of loop pedals or any kind of extra stuff thrown in there. It's just you and the guitar, correct? Yeah. I mean, uh, I've got a, a Martin DX uh, series guitar. It's like a 2014. I won in a competition and. Uh, a microphone and, and myself. Any drums or percussion you hear in the live setting usually is just done by uh, all in one shot. I'm hitting the guitar in a percussive way, and uh, that's about it. I mean, I have dabbled a little bit with a looper, but not publicly. So anytime, uh, anytime I'm out playing, yeah, anything you hear is just me in one shot. Yeah, just so cool. many sounds coming out of that thing. <clears throat> that's I mean, you got, you know, obviously percussion. You got guitar. You got vocals. Uh, maybe even a little bass kind of gets thrown in there somehow sure. with the guitar. Yeah, I, I, uh, I guess I have a pretty unique style of uh, being self-taught that I've been able to fall into. You know, it was sort of my own approach to the tool. Uh, like I said, it's an inspiring instrument, and uh, looking at it, you can tell. Like, I've definitely scarred it up quite a bit. 
Yeah. You know? And I think we may have asked you this on the, you, you were on episode six. If uh, I put, put that in the show notes as well, people can go back and check out the previous episode. Yeah, this is a lot of fun for sure. Which was, uh, you know, kind of raw at the moment, but, um, but yeah, I can't remember if we asked you these same questions or not. So I apologize if I'm hey, asking no, some, cool, some similar questions, but so, so you said self-taught, where did you, I mean, did you have influences that made you pick up that kind of, I called it like a flamingo style of playing, right? Spanish kind of a... Well, I don't know that I had any influences directly that helped me pick that up. Um, I, I remember seeing some videos of a guy named Andy McKee on YouTube, and he was real uh, pioneer-like in that I had never seen it before. Uh, someone knocking on the body of a guitar, unless it were like flamenco music, Mexican yeah. music or something like that. But um after a while, after I started kind of honing into it, I realized that over the last maybe 40, 50 years, there really have been a lot of guitarists who have approached that, uh, the acoustic the very same way. And maybe without vocals, I think that's something that's, that's pretty unique uh, to sing and to try these styles. But um, yeah, there's a guy named John Gom that is an extreme influence to me. Like I would, I would love to play like he plays is he just he can do all these things at once and weird timings and weird structures and uh, not even sure where he's from I know he's a music teacher I read a little bit about it so it made a lot of sense but yeah no direct influences aside from uh, Pink Floyd John Martin Led Zeppelin not John Martin from Coastal Congress. yeah I was gonna say yeah, wow that's that a is. that's a big shout that's out a big John. shout out but yeah um <laughs> But he does play, right? Yeah, of course he plays. Yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, while we're on that subject, I'm going to be publishing some of his works. I have some recordings of him where you just, they're wonderful. You can hear everything just very well. And I know that he wants to publish and, uh, and uh, copyright some of those works so that his loved ones in the community can hear it. So we'll be doing that this year as well, which would be pretty cool. Very nice. Um, but anyway, yeah, those are the sorts of influence I have Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and this John Martin guy. Uh, or the other John Lennon. This just got confusing, so I'm going to stop focusing on John Lennon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But. Very cool. Um, what else was I going to ask you? I had some stuff written down. Uh, usually I pull it up on my computer, but I don't have that uh, option at the moment. But I think I was going to talk... Um, we're in the sticks. Ain't yeah, no, we're in the sticks in a van. Ain't got man. no weefies. Right, I couldn't get hooked up for some reason. <laughs> but I wrote something down. What was, uh, let me make sure I touch on everything. Talked about the EP. We talked about open mics. So we talked about the news, the band, conspiracy, th conspiracy theories. Man, what a jump! It's like, okay, <laughs> so I heard you had an album. You do some open mics and stuff, you know. Right. Uh, Let's switch so, gears. I don't know. You can't just say the word conspiracy theories and expect something. I mean, that's a enormous well rabbit hole. What do you want to know? What do you want to hear? Well, I mean, what's your what's your latest thing that you're on right now? <laughs> Anything? <laughs> so as concluded, or. Uh, I, I like to read uh, just things. I, I suffer from uh, inquisition or, or intrigue, and so I like to dig and pry, not in people, but in ideas. It's, like, it's one of my favorite passions, actually. Um, I could care less what you ate for dinner for the most part, but if I could figure out sort of like where your head's at or how you're applying your mind to reality, I'd really dig the idea of that. Um, as far as conspiracy theories go, though, man, I don't know. That's a that's a weird thing it's to a, just it's a wide open shake question, up a soda can and be like, do you think it'll... Yeah. All right. Well, I just thought I'd try. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess there are lots of things to talk about. And last time you asked, I know I brought up technology and said that that was something I think that people should pay attention to. Uh, and maybe that's another thing to just hint at. You know, we have... I'm surrounded now in my... Well, yeah, I mean, that's 
got to be a hard thing for you, right? Because you have to be into technology at this yeah, point. We it, don't have to, but... You know, I fought so much with the idea of fearing technology, and it overwhelmed me because technology isn't going anywhere. And while I may be one person who had apprehension about it, there are tons of people who are motivated to, to have its back, of, of course. And uh, so what I'm doing now in some regard is embracing it enough to help others and to, to utilize my... Uh, my passion, my passions, and the things that I want to do to help others, which is why I feel like I really don't like getting online and doing my own social media and letting you know about Josh Jarman and stuff like that. I have to, I have to let you know that I'm playing in all these places so that you show up. But uh, if I can do it for someone else, I feel like this excitement. I feel like I really want to, like, I can build this person up, even if it's the cost of my having used this thing. Right, and that's kind of the same boat I'm in. You know, and that's. Uh, a good way, I think, of using something that isn't going anywhere. And I think it's pretty obvious that this thing isn't going anywhere. So uh, it's either going to, you know, either we can use it and uh, attribute it to our tool shed, uh, use technology to spread our ideals or our arts with one another so that we can we can build quality of mind or we can allow it to, you know, strip, up, strip us of quality of mind and uh, drive us further away from one another. I think that that's very potential. <clears throat> and maybe we aren't talking about it enough. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely already driven us apart from each other. I mean, it, you, you feel like you're closer to everybody because you can just reach out to everybody at any second, but really you're you're not. You're yeah. more separated than ever, I think. Your thoughts may be close. Like, you can share your words with someone, but I think that uh, emotionally speaking, something new is happening. Like, you know, we don't necessarily know how to vibe with one another, if I'm going to use some hippie words, but vibe with one another anymore like we did uh, on some sort of a uh, an emotional or energetic level, you know. I guess it's not conspiratorial. It's just the way that things are going and the th the way that things are. And I think we all uh, we all hear the blues on the radio. We all hear that song being sung, you know. Yeah, well, I think it's almost a, a facade at some points too, where you know, if you see somebody in person, you can you can get a feel for the most part of where they're at, where their headspace is, where they are emotionally. Uh, just from body language and, and their voice, everything. But when you're online, I mean, you got so many people out there just posting selfies of themselves, you know, with a big smile on their face, <clears throat> them and their boyfriend, their husband, their girlfriend, whatever. And they're the most miserable people you could ever meet. But online, they put out this facade. They want everybody to think that their life is perfect and that they're happy and that everything is going great when the reality is not. And you got a few people, underliers, that are out there saying, oh, my life sucks, I want to kill myself. But... For the most part, everybody's trying to be all this happy chipper thing. You can be exactly who you want to be or who you think you want to be. And, right. Uh, I think that exploiting that would be, uh, that's what really what I'm trying to do with my with my business is exploit the fact that every, that you can appear, uh, like say say you're a young songwriter, you have some really quality music, you got a couple good recordings and you really just need help making your appearance. Uh, that of someone who is desirable in that business. So if, if online, the great exception is that a person of poverty can make themselves appear like they are of equal status as someone else. And it isn't a lie, it's just an appearance. And if the person who is a viewer happens to view you as, you know, of a higher class than you are, then maybe that works to your advantage. And if you know, I can take a business like this and make my profile or my page look professional, and then a young songwriter is attributing their name to it, it helps their image to be boosted, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think 
that's a double-edged sword, man. Like you were saying, it's interesting because someone can, like in this, in the case of dating apps, I hear a lot about dating apps, and I guess mm -hmm. in that case, people could be putting on a facade, telling you they're one way <clears throat> when truly they're not anything like that. You won't know until you meet them. Um, Every story I've ever heard, and I, I did online dating when I got divorced on Match.com for quite a while. Met quite a few people, and no, no one was as they were or as they seemed online. Because not one person. There's an enchantment that takes place through that screen, no matter what, whether the person meant to do it or not. You know, but uh, the idea for an artist is the opposite, in that if someone hires a musician because they have ten thousand followers, fifty thousand followers, so on and so forth, you can see I'm cutting myself into a, a humble state. There, like. If you have that many followers and you show up for a gig and there are people there and they're they are starry-eyed because they know your image to be this thing you've presented to them you know what I mean uh, then it just kind of like it's like that fake it till you make it thing but using uh, your entire identity I don't know how to describe it uh, but I think that that's an advantage especially for the creative artists and it's something that we can take advantage of sure. at, uh, you know the modern time we can just sort of uh, make yourself if you're a business owner make yourself you know stay true to who you are but make make yourself seem professional make use your resources and your tools sure you know uh, I play an acoustic guitar but it's a nice acoustic guitar I mean you get use the tools that are at your disposal uh, to appear the way you think you want to be uh, viewed that's the end of my tongue now now how do we get how, let's let's go off on this how do we get away with calling that an acoustic guitar when it plugs in how does that happen it's a hybrid is what it is man it's a hybrid guitar um, but I mean there is an electric guitar and there's a, an acoustic guitar but well, both of them are able to be plugged in now it's well, like well, weird, the, but. the idea is that an electric guitar if you take the pickups out of it is going to make very little to no sound so it does not have an acoustic property very much right, I you mean, can't go both ways arguably yes you can hear it but it isn't an amplified sound whereas if I pull the pickup out of this, I can still play it with the same resonance as an unplugged acoustic electric guitar. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, you're right. Ultimately, it's a hybrid. So um, it's kind of a weird thought, and my mind's tumbling down some sort of uh, organic technological t uh, rabbit hole right now, just based on that. But yeah, I consider myself an organic instrumentalist or an organic songwriter, and then I don't use the loop pedal and I don't use all those things but ultimately yeah I'm still some sort of android I'm still playing an electric guitar through an amp uh, I've got modulation devices to some degree on my mixer um, yeah it's a weird that's that's kind of tricky yeah <laughs> well, here's another question for you what's the what's the most favorite place you've ever played what's your favorite venue I really like outdoor venues a whole lot that's my that's my jam if I can play outside with like in the mist on a full moon that's like my that's my 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 whole thing but any place that offers so you don't uh, mind the the freedom of outdoors where that sound just carries you don't have to be boxed into a nice acoustic and cushioned and soundproofed those things room. are nice they can be intimidating to those acoustic rooms there's things built that way but uh, outdoors is humbling because you have to be somewhere between dynamic and loud like it's hard to describe maybe if you're not a musician or an audio person but you can play to the room and when you're outdoors you have to play to the moment you have to play to like everything that's going on where the trees are and if people are chatty and uh, lots of stuff but having grown up in the country I did a lot of my playing outdoors anyhow and so when I get to play for others outdoors I can kind of act like I'm in the comfort of that same 
space just in the company of new people. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So do we answer that question? I mean, just outdoors in general then? Yeah, so you, don't have a, you don't have a favorite outdoor venue that you've played or my, that you would like to continue playing at? One of my favorite local venues, man, is just Coastal Coffee Roasters, <clears throat> mostly because it's it can be half outdoor. You have that gate you can open up and stuff, but a lot of really great people uh, meet there and can be found in one space. So yeah. I like that. It offers uh, several things to different people. Um, other than that, I played at Ondal Green. Uh, that was an awesome experience. What what Eddie, what Eddie White does there, man, is just... Uh, I didn't know you played out there. Yeah, that was... Uh, I had the opportunity to play with Chris Roberts out there, and we sort of did like a song-for-song song, songwriter thing. He played one, I played one, yada, yada. Um, but the guy, Eddie White, that runs Ondal Green, is totally like dedicated to helping that music community. And if he's able to take a break from that now, it's because he's accumulated a team of people who have brought this dream into fruition or keeping it going but right. man they got like wood fire pizza you get to smell while you sing the blues and you get like all these people yeah i would agree with that if, if i was going to pick an, an outdoor venue <clears throat> here in the low country you know i'm not talking across the country or whatever yeah. but i would pick all and all green for sure as an outdoor venue it's the the best spot out there and i would probably say the poor house would be my indoor spot as far as sound and lighting and, and just they do a great job over there it's so cool man they actually have a sound guy who's active and they have quality stuff i, I think it was like qsc speakers and stuff but uh, another cool thing about the on dog gang is a few we'll say 2017 i was invited out to the swamp sessions they call it the on dog swamp sessions and uh uh it was a solar powered studio out in the middle of the woods and i got to go out there with like five other songwriters and play random really random music um just sitting out in the woods, just outdoors. It was like the most beautiful, perfect thing. Yeah. Um, and got to know some cool people. So, again, that's just an example of what uh, people like Eddie White are bringing to the music community in the low country, South Carolina, just right. to, you know, to name a few swamp sessions. I got pictures and trying to get some recordings from that. Uh, never saw those archived sounds. I'd like to release them. Yeah. Any plans? Um to play on dog any, anytime soon i mean do you still keep in touch with eddie is uh, can you just jump in there if you wanted to uh i don't know that i'm that tight-knit with this community but i'd like to be i mean i'd like the opportunity to open for some people who are touring through um you know i like to consider uh myself being just a strong uh, opening act at the very least i i mean i could i haven't had very many headlining opportunities quite yet but I'm trying definitely to wean away from the bar scene, and I'd love to play more places like On Dog Green, yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> well, I know Fleming just headlined out there a few weeks ago, and it was uh, phenomenal, fantastic. And he was able to get a friend of his that was in town on the bill as well to play, I think he played three songs or something, but um, we should try and hook up with that guy. Yeah, Fle mm -hmm. man, Fleming, you, you dropped that name. Fleming Moore does a whole lot for the Somerville community, too. He's out there always just pumping, doing uh, open jams. and He's, he's working hard, yeah, putting money. Putting together those amphitheaters. and Yeah, you work together for whatever money you get, and the rest goes towards you know the community and give it back. And it's really cool. Um, I miss that show he had at the at the All and All Green. I bet that was a good one. It was fantastic. <clears throat> it was really good. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, the, the drive out there sucks, and the drive back sucks even more, but, but once, um, once there, you get man, there, yeah, it's a, it's a destination for sure. It's worth it, and, but and sometimes that's, uh, you almost wish you can camp out at some of those spots, just so you don't have to have that late night drive back that kind of They should, kinda they sucks, should do it like a Friday, Saturday, and, and have an overnight. Um, we were going to do that out of Blackwater, you know, when we were trying to, to generate business out there at Blackwater. The next venue, or the next event we were going to put together was a camping event, where we'd mm. have a, a whole weekend of, uh, of music out there, but... So I guess uh, Eddie White, if you're listening, 
camp your space. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do so it. Let's sell some spots out there in the parking lot. That's the thing. Sell the spots. You can limit however many you have and, and try to keep it cool. But yeah. I think that that community cares enough about one another and the music that maybe you wouldn't even have to worry so much about the destruction of the place. People suck. People ruin that shit all they the do. time, man. There are great opportunities and people leave their crappy cigarette butts and shit everywhere. Yep. I was that guy once, man, and you, you don't realize the damage you do just to the whole thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's like Woodstock all over, right? You're leaving cars and yeah. sleeping bags and tents, and you, just you leave everything. You out remember there. what was it? Uh, Woodstock 2000 was the last one, right? Yeah. Do you remember watching that? Did you watch that on, on television? I was a child, man. At, at 2000, I was 10 years old, so maybe 11. But I remember watching all these bands. Most of them perform naked because that's what you do at Woodstock 2000, I guess. But at the yeah. end, they just lit shit on fire and like kicking yeah. cars over and. Uh, yeah, it's like a big ride at the end. I mean, I guess music definitely makes you feel some stuff, but come on, man. Yeah, you got some angst <laughs> that you get out, right? But yeah. That, uh, it's a little excessive. Mm. I hope the song I play for you shortly doesn't make you want to flip cars over. I got too many of them around. Right, we're going to flip this van over and we're done. Right on its side. <laughs> uh, I think I can stand up in it this way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks maybe it looks about the same, actually, I think. <laughs> Might be an illusion. So where'd you pick these up at? Uh, Harris Teeter. Harris Teeter, looking yeah. out. I love that these grocery stores are reaching out to the more off-brand beers and stuff. There was such a long time where I seemed like we were limited to, like, Bush Light or, yeah. you know, <clears throat> those sort of Keystone lager. Yeah. Uh, Harris Teeter does a good job. I think they're better than uh, Publix, um, but Lowe's Foods over there in Oak Brook, they do better. I think they have a better beer selection than both of those combined, so... And then you also have a beer den inside the store. You can drink and shop at the same time. So What? You didn't know that? Hell no. Yeah, that's where, <laughs> Kay that's where Caleb and I worked for quite a while. Dude, I don't mean to be this popular. I'm usually not this popular. No, that's fine. Da -da 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 -da. I'm going to pick a more pleasing ringtone. I'll use this as sort of a learning experience. Yeah, we both, uh, we both opened that store back in December and worked in the beer den. Eight taps on the wall. Uh, you got beer. You got wine. You can order a drink. Two drinks minimum, or maximum. Not, I'm sorry, not minimum. Because it is a grocery store. It's not a bar. So uh, two drinks, you can ship, sip and shop. Sip and shop, man. Yeah. And this brought me to a, something else I want to mention, Caleb uh, Choir. As a matter of fact, I saw your, your uh, wallpaper there on your phone. So he made the artwork for your album, correct? Yeah, Caleb Choir actually did the artwork for both of my, uh, for both of my main uh, original music releases, the first being Mud in 2016 and the second being Wait, uh, October this year. And so... He's just like so trustworthy to turn to because he's the only guy in town I know who does watercolor, acrylic, things like that uh, in a soft style that's somehow like, I don't know, he's got this way of being uh, soft but edgy and dark in his, in his artwork and I dig it a lot. Uh, so he does really great work. I always try to reach out to him and of course uh, help support his business when he does design and stuff. I think you can find him at a, a CQ, CQ Works. Works. Yeah, definitely look up Caleb Choir. Especially if you're in the Somerville area, I, I I know he's done my cover art. He's done one for Clayton Lewis. He did his recent uh, Clayton single. Lewis. He did some uh, stuff for uh, Ron Daniel. Yeah, definitely. Quite a few musicians he's getting involved with. Yeah. And I'm starting to put together like a, a I don't know, a black book team of people that I, I use for my own work. Of course, like uh, Caleb Choir for the design and John Baldwin for the the song accompaniment <coughs> and stuff like that. But. Uh, when I talk about my, my business, Wingsback Entertainment, that's a lot of what I'm trying to introduce into other songwriters, is bringing them to these people who I've met, uh, you know, and allowing them to make the same friends I have, because 
you never know, man. I mean, John Baldwin might hear so-and-so and be like, oh, this is what I've been waiting on, and it becomes yeah. this big thing. And, uh, you know, I think that it ultimately it's enough satisfaction for me to just know that I maybe was helping someone just, just through being inspired or motivated to do their thing. You yeah. Know? And I want to correct that, too. So Caleb didn't do the artwork for Ron Daniels' album. He, Richard Mallett, uh, photography, did all the photography for that album. Mm-hmm. Um Chris Rankin's wife, I can't remember her name. Lori Rankin. Lori, she did some artwork for it, uh, uh, for one of the songs on there as well. Yeah, she drew a beautiful, like a, a, like train, a train station. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And then uh, Caleb, I think, just did the uh, arrangement of the of the art for the uh, CD insert, I think, is what he did. So. And, you know, I've worked with both of those people as well. Uh, Lori Rankin did one of my first logos. I have a monarch here that I have on my arm that... Lori Rankin rendered as a as a logo for me in probably 2016, and uh, you know there it's very what was it Richard Mallet did the photography in some of my shoots that I have. I use those photos openly online. He's a, a great photographer out of Somerville and is in fact uh, uh, connected to Coastal Coffee Roasters, the place yeah. I quote as being one of my favorite in, in right. the area. He's actually the coffee roaster. <clears throat> he is the coffee roaster. The Roast Master General is what I call him. Roast Master General. <laughs> and, you know, I've even deducted that that roaster is a D-sharp. <laughs> I can play to it a little oh, bit. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's running during our open mic, and we just have to make do. That's true. It does run sometimes, doesn't it? And yeah. those late-night uh, roasting efforts when uh, Richard kind of gets distracted and has to do late night coffee roasting because <laughs> he didn't get it done during Boy, the day. Boy, works his butt off, man. Oh, he does. That place, I tell you. But he plays his butt off as well. The man, dude's I, always somewhere. I'm a coffee drinker, man, so I have to give like some sort of a shameless promotion to co- Coastal Coffee Roasting oh, just yeah. for keeping it real. I ran out of Coastal Coffee recently and I had to get some like Folgers and man, it makes you feel, Folgers? It makes you feel weird and like yeah. just agitated and strange and so yeah, Coastal Coffee Roasters, if you're in Somerville. It's definitely different. You know, I've worked there for a long time as well, uh, over a year. And um, now that I don't work there that often, I go get coffee other places that are closer to me. And when I come back to Coastal Coffee, I can tell a huge difference in uh, the quality sure. of their coffee. At the time of this, uh, at the time of the show, are you are you working there at all now or no? No, no, not yeah. working there at all. I'm yeah. thinking about maybe trying to go back a couple of days a week, but at, at the at the time when I started homegrown, the schedules were just it was too much to balance and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't try and take care of both of them, so I had to just do one thing. And I was doing the uh, the maintenance thing there for a long time, and I absolutely love it. I just had a, lot, a whole lot going on, had to take a step back too. So uh, if I went back, I'd have to go with my tail between my legs. I think, yeah, unfortunately, me too. I think, like, hey but, man, you know I like this place. Yeah, <laughs> and who knows? They might have replaced both of us with um, somebody ten times better. Who knows? Dude, he, that that place <laughs> deserves it though, man. And once they get the right team together, and they've had it several times, but uh, I could see them expanding and doing. And doing some pretty cool things in the low country. I know they've done it for music, and hope they continue to do so. Yeah, sure. yeah. We had a fantastic show there uh, this past Saturday night. They did a Halloween, their first annual Halloween extravaganza. I don't remember what the was name it a of costume? it was. Was it a costume gig? Yeah, not everybody. I mean, there was quite a few costume people there. I mean, it was a costume contest, so they did some raffles. They gave away some uh, some gift certificates and some coffee mugs and some beans and stuff like that. So they had a about five different giveaways. Um, Blue Spear played, uh, Scotty Oliver Band as well, you know, combined with uh, Tommy Altair uh, becomes Blue Spear. So they played, had it all decorated out, uh, Halloween style. Had a fog machine that wasn't working very well, but they were trying to do some fog and stuff yeah. too. And 
really cool lighting. I mean, it was a fantastic show. I got some great videos, some great photography from it as well. That's uh, cool. To man. promote those guys, they're they're going places, man. They're doing some Blue good sphere. things. Blue sphere. Yeah, this has been their year, man. They've kind of really hit the scene. That's what it takes, man. It's just it's that one year you feel motivated enough to just put your neck out there, man. It really does give back. You see what you put out there back. Uh, for sure and you said fog machine and it, it brought me to this thought that at a show recently i played with a band called adam and elsewhere another low country band uh this guy had his vape pen like one of those huge cloud makers <laughs> yeah. and he was our fog machine <laughs> nice. he was so great he just that's sat what we should have done man and just blew it onto the ground and it, yeah because i'm sure there was plenty of vapors there we probably should have just done that it he was pleased better. he was pleased and very content <laughs> yeah. i don't know why it wasn't working i have uh, no idea if it was an old machine or they just didn't have the right product in there or it wasn't plugged in. I don't know what the problem was, but at the very end of the show, like the last five minutes, we got a few puffs of smoke off of this, oh, man. <laughs> off of this machine. Yeah, it should have had a vape pen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, uh, uh, where was it that you just said, uh, oh, you know, that thought's gone. We'll just roll with that. What was it? What were we talking about? <laughs> is it gone completely? Are we just going like, <laughs> to show off that we have no idea what's happening? What is happening? No, we were talking about Coastal Coffee <laughs> Roasters and the show and the smoke machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't be there because I was at Wine and Tapas, and uh, that's down the road in downtown Somerville. I think that's Yeah, there. they had a Halloween bash thing going on that night as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, they were everywhere. And no, the Ice House had something recently, too. And Again, if you're a Somerville local, these are all places that are really great to check out. They do live music, and, uh, and a lot of them have open mics, open jams, so if you're a musician, you can go out there. But the Ice House had a costume party uh i think that same day or the other day yeah um and man there were some crazy looking individuals there i went there i was just like i have drank too much already for this yeah. man this, yeah the this, costumes are outrageous right now it's pretty wild i did not participate i guess uh, i was just banking on being ugly enough as it is in some way so yeah, i didn't either I'm, I'm working homegrown tomorrow i'm supposed to be hosting a uh, or not hosting but judging the uh, costume contest there tomorrow night so nice. i'm trying to decide if i'm going to wear something or just be a judge. I don't know. Just be a judge. You the only costume I have is a Batman like a costume, judge. so I got to have this big cowl on and try and serve beer and hear people order beer. You I don't know. I'm serious. Wear a judge mask or something like a judge hair wig. You know, yeah. just pull that off and walk around the gavel and be like, yeah. "I am he who will tell." Or a referee outfit or something. Yeah. Yep. The I'll one. Figure something out. That's that's worth it. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I did say online I was going to be judge, jury, and executioner. So. I could dress up as any one of those, I it's guess. all of those things, I guess. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, my imagination. Uh, well, look here, man. Unless you got anything else you want to bring up or talk about or promote or anything like that, but we're about oh, an hour man. in right now. Um, the camera is kind of iffy, whether it lasts uh, an hour and 20 minutes to an hour and 50 minutes on that one battery run. So. Yeah. Um, well, why don't I play a song or something? You into that? Yeah. I think um, we should maybe hear a couple tunes from the new EP and... Yeah, let's do that. Or any song. It doesn't really matter. I know <coughs> one that I was digging off of the new album for sure was, um, I think it's called Insist. Yeah. You know, that song, excuse me, that song is a, is a really emotional song and is unlike some of my other music in that I actually allow my voice to break up and kind of holler a little bit, scream some. But uh, I wanted to put that on this EP because it had a lot to do with the overall story I was trying to convey, what with uh, waiting on something. Um it's, it was, that's a pretty cool song, but let's see. Yeah, and waiting on something. So the the art that we got on the album there with the chair and the checkered floor and a couple pillars there. So that's just a. What's the story behind that? I mean, what what does that convey? I mean, I know it's what you're waiting in that chair probably for something, right? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, you know, ultimately. Did you have that idea, or did you just give that to Caleb and say, "Hey, just 
this is what I want. You no, put that it together. Was, it was certainly something that was in my mind's eye, more or less. And uh, this is the sound of tuning, the tuning song. I don't know who copyrighted the song, but anyway. Um, yeah, I did, that artwork sort of came to me one day, and uh, I just thought that that was the most perfect thing because the waiting, I guess, without giving, you know, wearing all my cards on my sleeve, more or less, but waiting is uh, inspired by my wait for perhaps love or a sense of contentment. Um, seems odd to wait for such a thing because waiting uh, you know, implies that it's a choice, uh, but it is, and that, that cover art represents a whole lot, and really, who am I to tell you what you see, but uh, two pillars for strength, uh, black and white for uh, the this and that of life, you know, the back and forth, the to and fro, and uh, the chair, a modest looking chair, because sometimes you have to sit and, and watch all of those things take place that are uh, so back and forth or black and white in life, uh, and just wait until your time. So I guess that's it. Yeah, perfect. understand these mute, mute buttons, man, before I get started. It's, I don't know it's either. It's bewildering me. We, like, yeah, we were messing with the uh, the board over here, the Tone Master, the Bose, and uh, this didn't, says, didn't unmute either. It says mics. we're not even working. I mean, we're already. picking up on here. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting how it, how it picks up, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the life of a podcaster. It's always something. All right, so... This song's called Insist. I'll go ahead and start with that one, and we'll we'll close off with a song called Middle. I'll tell you a little bit about that one. But. All right. mistake brought to you by Shub Capos. Alright, part of being drunk on the job. I like it. It's human. It is. Shout so clearly I must go 
leads me Sounded fantastic. Thanks, man. <clears throat> Thanks for partnering with my, uh, my little technical difficulty there in the beginning. Of nah, course. come on, man. <laughs> the amount of technical difficulties difficulties I have on this podcast. Oh, man. It happens, man. It's got to be better than the uh, the first podcast we did together, I think. But. Again, it's part of being a, part of being human, even if you're playing with hybrid toys. Right? right. You can have all the technology in the world, but a human still has to operate it. <laughs> with, with enough time, man, you can anybody can make a perfect album, you know. But Yeah. Uh, anyway, that song's called Insist, and it was sort of... Uh, inspired by, at least in my own mind, doing something that, um, well, you, you, you work for a long time to achieve something and then you worry that perhaps you have to give that thing up, you know? Yeah. So sometimes you never know what it is that uh, you end up with, even if uh, you're, you're too busy jo- enjoying what you have at the time. I don't know. Just words. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's available on, uh, on Wait, which I released uh, October 2018, and you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Play and Napster Bandcamp. Yeah, all sounds of, fantastic on the album. All those things, man. Thank you. A lot of different elements in that one. Yeah, very dramatic. Very yeah. dramatic, yeah. So, uh, And I think that uh, if you're interested, man, I got one more or whatever you have time for. And Yeah, let's do one more. Yeah, we'll do one more. I'm going to play a song <coughs> called Middle. It's uh, 
the one I'm, I'm, I'm actually releasing a music video. It's the first music video I've ever done, which is actually uh, created to be a music video, not just me sitting in front of a couch playing some music. But right. um, my friend Josh at Zeppelin Studios, another uh, videography company in Charleston area, uh, we actually went out to Don's Car Crushing, the place I got this very van, so we'll bring this full circle before we close out, but um, the place I got this van, we had the place uh, when they were closed at our disposal for, we had a drone and, and did some music video work, and I'm really looking forward to releasing that soon. Of course, this will be the acoustic version of the song in the video, which includes John Baldwin playing like trumpets and trombones and all sorts of stuff. It sounds like I have a whole orchestra with me, but... Very nice. Uh, yeah, man. The song's called Middle... <coughs> I appreciate you coming all the way out to my space, man. For yeah, this. man. It was a nice little, nice little journey. 
it's kind of way out here in the, in the, in the sure middle of nowhere. There wasn't anything that I passed on the way here that I think I would frequent. You know, and except I, the gas station that I stopped at they, briefly. They have really good chicken there. <laughs> Do they? Really good at chicken the Shell? At, at the Shell gas yeah. station. I'm telling you, man, it's those hidden gems. But yeah, I hope that this van takes me to places a little more uh, inconspicuous than this, even. So, you know, just right. find myself in the middle of a forest or mountain somewhere. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me come out and, and share your electricity and set everything up. And I hope it turns out all right. I'm sure it will. Yeah, well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it very much. Appreciate man. it. Yes, and sir. To everyone else, talk to you yeah. soon.